in our human life, we would have all these emotions, we would have experienced them. So the point here is obviously not to try not to have them or to, you know, these things that live a fearless life, never do any mistakes. Everything we're gonna do is perfection. That's not allowing for creation, innovation, for people to come together and connect. When we are, when we are using fear or separation as like a management style or as a style we're living at, like you got 10K followers, I got 5K, that means I'm not good enough. I'm not as good as you are. If we're using that type of comparison, where will we go? Can we create a brighter future for our humanity this way? And now you can even kind of hear on me right now when I'm not really using a speech, but I'm using a components of them, that I'm being fired at. I'm gonna show you how great I am. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Don't ever let somebody tell you you can't do something. You're listening to the Blessed for Success podcast. Hello, Blessed Nation. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Blessed for Success podcast. I'm your host, Tanvir Mustafa. Now, before we get into the episode today, at the time of this recording, um, it's really a crazy time, you know, an unprecedented time that we've never seen the likes of before. Obviously, there's a virus going around the world that's affecting a lot of people. And it's during times like these that I feel truly, truly blessed. And I encourage you to reflect on that, too, if you're listening to this right now. You know, there are a lot of people at this time losing their business, losing their job, losing their primary source of income. And it's causing, you know, a lot of problems, a lot of issues. And um, there's obviously widespread fear, widespread panic. But I do encourage you to take a moment, do some reflection on what you do have, the health that you do have, the loved ones that you do have, the situation in life that you have, and look for the things that are beautiful. You know, look for the things that are good. Look for the things that are great. And I promise there's much, much, much to love um, in the life that we live. And um, yeah, I just wanted to just wanted to put that out there. It's important to understand why why we are blessed and constantly return to that um, for a place of happiness, for a place of calm, for a place of self-love, for a number of things, for positivity. Um, so during these these tough times, I would I would highly encourage you to uh, reflect on your life and think about you know what makes you feel blessed. Okay. And with that, you know, my guest talks a lot about being blessed and the amazing life that he has lived. My next guest is chatting with us all the way from Spain, and his mission is to guide leaders on how to engage people and create human connections. His story starts in 1985, where he was found laying in basket on the, st- on the steps of a church. Born in Colombia, raised in Sweden, and now traveling around the world as an advocate for human connection. Now, he is an internationally known speaker, providing workshops and coaching programs on the art of storytelling, personal branding, and personal leadership. Introducing Eric Eklund. Eric, thank you so much for coming on the Blessed for Success podcast. Uh, It's really great to have you on. Thank you so much. Thanking you. 
<laughs> um, now, why don't you tell the audience a bit, just to start, um, where you are at this time? Because I want people to get an understanding that this podcast is international. <laughs> I'm in Barcelona, Spain, where I live and base everything I do from. Are you a big uh, Messi fan? And <laughs> should I say that on a public podcast? No, well, I like the guy, uh, definitely, um, but I would not say that I'm a fan, no. Oh, okay, interesting, interesting. Okay, um, so we'll jump right into the, to the big question that I always start every episode with, um, which is, you know, at this time, um, on this beautiful morning here, um, and where you are, what do you feel most blessed for? Um, I would say straight up that it's the having the opportunity to, or opportunity, that having had the courage to look myself in the mirror and asking the big questions and then act upon that, that life threw me a couple of curveballs that hit me hard, but instead of letting myself stay down, I, I stood up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you definitely have had... Um you know, you've persevered a lot throughout your entire life and um, me knowing your story um, and we'll, we'll jump into that, but there, it really is, I really super admire, you know, how much you've been able to persist and, and just get through obstacles. Um, and I think that all starts with, um, I mean, you have a crazy origin story. You were found in a basket <laughs> on the steps of a church in Columbia um, way back in 1985. Um, and you were adopted. Um, can you talk a bit about that, how, how that experience has shaped you, looking back on that? Okay. The, um, the greatest thing that I've taken away from that, that I didn't realize for a long, long time, it was the connection to my birth mother, and that I encountered, I think it was now two years ago, this question in the movie who said, who do you have to forgive in your life and I was sitting there thinking like forgive I don't have anything anyone forgive I'm okay but it stuck in my mind and then just like the next minute it came it just like out of the blue like my mom and uh, I realized straight away not my mom who has adopted me but my mom who gave birth to me and for a long time so that must have been then 32 years I have actually found the key to why I behave and act in so many ways in relationships, why I've had a hard time trusting women, especially women and women in romantic relationships, because I've always had a hard time understanding why did my mom give me away? And I always used that wording. She gave me away. And then I realized that, wait a second. I haven't forgiven my mom. It's not about giving me away. I have no idea what happened. I have no idea how hard or whatever it must have been for her to, you know, not keep me in her life if she's alive. So why have I judged her so long and then let that influence the way I am looking at and behaving in relationships? That's the biggest thing. Wow. Then that, you know, that's tremendously powerful. Um, how, that one coming? That, that was, that was, that was a lot to, to start with. Um, yeah. 
how long did that process take you? Like, was it immediate? Were you kind of able to do it immediately? Or was there a certain, you know, uh, like steps that you had to go through in order to kind of get to that point of forgiveness? No, that was very, you know, as soon as the clarity was there, it was like in your mind. It's like as you see a flashlight, just boom, and you see it right in front of you. It was pretty immediate that I just go, wow. It was like this feeling of, okay, I got to do that. So then it was really like, okay, I'm good. I forgive you. It's okay. And then it was just to let that sink in for, for a couple of days. And it's, it's, it went very fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's amazing. Um, and then, I mean, you had that experience as a, as a you know, young child. You were, you were adopted. And then, um, you know, instead of joining football or, you know, any sporting activity per se right away, um, shortly after in your childhood, you, you know, your parents got you to join the ballet, um, (laughs) which I thought was interesting. And so, you know, how, how did you end up getting into the ballet or what was that experience like? Um, And, you know, how has that impacted you since? Okay. Well, my mom and dad always thought, you know, since I fit so well into the society where I was living in, they were like, okay, we need to find a way for Eric to fit in more and feel better. And they thought about ballet. I have no idea, and I'm still mocking them about it today. They're like, how did you come up with ballet of all things? It must have been something else. (laughs) But they came up with ballet, and I think there was someone who had been recommending them that dance somehow would help. And uh, so I started with ballet, and I realized that uh, dancing, I I was pretty good at that. I liked that. I continued to dance, not ballet, but jive, and I was competing in that. And it was my thing. And I realized now, looking back, how much I have used dance as a way to actually, as a method to connect with people, respect people. like. It's a man and a woman, or, or it's a man and men and women and men, like, or it's a big group. You're dancing together. You can't do it your own way. It's not going to make the dance. It's not going to make the performance good. You've got to have the trust. You've got to have the respect. You've got to have to give and lean into one another. Dancing for me is still one of my guiding ways I'm referring to in terms of how we can just enjoy our lives and connect with one another and explore trust and respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and me too. You know, I love dance. Um, grew up just being self-taught in dance. Um, you know, watching YouTube videos and 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 a lot. So, um, you know, and you can also express. I mean, it's this way of expressing your feelings and expressing your energy. Mm-hmm. That's also the the big 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 thing about dancing. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. And then you know. So you did, you had that experience. I'm kind of going through each experience because I think it's important to understand where you come from to be able to lead to, you know, what you do now. And I think one of the bigger, bigger um, challenges or one of the bigger situations that, um, you know, inspired you to get to where you are today was when you were aspiring to become a pilot. Um, what happened during that time and um you know what has that particular experience done for you of of going through 
you know, the work of trying to become a pilot and then, you know, ultimately ending up with the outcome that you did? So this was my first experience to having a childhood dream. This was, you know, my little boy dream. And I was looking up at the sky and I saw at that time, like somewhere in the 90s in Sweden, when they were like having those air, um, the air shows and it was all about these fighter jets going fast that they were doing all the spins and curls and twirls up in the air. And I was fascinated by that. I have no reason other than say that this was the dream. I just, I want to fly. It sounds so cool. You know, the adrenaline and it was so fast and the sound made me go like, wow. I had no idea into this thing of military and what they actually meant with all that stuff. That was not, not part of my brain. I was just saying flying sounds awesome. However, you know, uh, here I am and uh, I have never, I mean, my greatest struggle has always been to, who am I? I am not looking like a Swede, so I'm not supposed to be Swedish, according to so many people since I was little. I have heard since I was little that I should go back to where I come from. I don't deserve to be dating my daughter. I've heard people say that to me. Uh, you're dirty, you're ugly, and all these things. And I'm just, I have been crying so many times of, and been angry at my mom and dad who have adopted me for why did they bring me here? I, I didn't understand. And, you know, I can't be, and as I grew up, I've been told I can't be Colombian because I don't speak Spanish and I'm too dark for being Colombian. And at the same time, I can't be Amer African because I don't, <laughs> I don't act like African at all. And American, African, I can't be either because I have no swag whatsoever. So I'm like chasing this thing of who the hell am I? Where do I fit into this? Like, what? And then here on the same journey, I'm having a dream to be a fighter pilot. Just guess what people were telling me. Yeah, it must have been just like you don't belong, like you didn't belong because of, I'm not sure your, your origin. I'm, I'm not. Particularly, well, they, they were definitely they were definitely not encouraging. They were yeah. saying like, you know, you know, you you can never be that. You're too skinny. You're too weak. They don't let people like you into this. Mm. Um, you will never pass. I mean, they were few. Um, unfortunately, I had a mom and dad who were encouraging me and saying, okay, you know, try it. I have no idea why you want to, but okay, try it. Mm -hmm. So that was fortunate enough. And I had a brother who was also there. And although he didn't really encourage me to do it, he didn't tell me not to do it either. That, you know, that's crazy because it almost sounds like at one point you were like a man without a nation. You know, you didn't really know where to associate yourself to. And, um, you know, once you had pursued that, um, you know, aspiring to become a pilot, uh, what ended up happening uh, at the end of all of that? Well, I did bust my ass to make sure that I passed the test. So it was fitness, it was uh, thinking, you know, IQ tests and all these things. I passed it all, I passed it all, I passed it all. And, and I saw and I felt for the first time in my life, you know, this change in people, when they suddenly look at you and they go, oh, he's actually doing that? Like, <laughs> mm, uh, maybe I was wrong here. You know, suddenly they become quiet. 
and that feeling wow you know mm. but then i got the letter in my i remember how i came back from the us and i get a letter from from the uh, swedish military who says that to become a pilot i have to take one specific role in the um swedish military uh, service and i had qualified for that one however due to spending cuts they were going to close that base and yeah in general in sweden at that time the military service was starting to be phased out people didn't have to take that and you know men and women were encouraged to go to university instead mm. and yeah so there i am with the letters saying that I don't, literally saying, you don't have to do the military service. Your base is closed. However, if you do want to do the military service, please contact us. And guess what I did? You contacted them? <laughs> oh, yeah. And they're like saying to me, yeah, you know, you can do the military service if you want to. But like I say, I think they, they, they offered me to do this as a truck driver somehow. Uh. Okay. And I was like, okay, but does that mean I qualify for the um, Air Force, uh, for the Air Force uh, roles? Mm. And they said, no. For that, you have to take this specific uh, uh, duty. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, but can I do it then? And they go, no, you can't. It's full and we don't need more and your base is closing. So you can do military service, but not with this duty so yeah you can chance on that once you've taken and completed that duty you might i mean that service in that role you might then go back to that um to that specific role and continue for the test might and i heard it in their voices right there that you know this was a this was a chance one in a million like there was no confidence in that voice saying that there was actually a probability right and right there on that phone call i remember how just all right it is time for me to look at something else Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and from then on um you know at least you got through through that experience and i think through that time you were able to show dedication you were able to show commitment um and it's funny you mentioned that you know people will look at you and they'll say, oh, you can't do it or, oh, you don't belong or, oh, this and that. But then when they see you actually putting in, in the work and they see yeah. you actually getting results, then they're like, oh, wait, he's actually doing <laughs> this. Um, yeah. And I feel like a big part of that is people just project their fears onto you, right? People have their fears that um, they can't do something themselves and then they kind of pawn that off to the next person. Yeah, I have been doing that myself. I'm have, I can admit that hundred percent, and especially when it comes to relationships, and uh, I see it around me all the time now. I mean, you know, so that once you're being part of something and you experience it and you learn how to go through it, you recognize it very quickly around you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you you really went upwards after that. I mean, you went and you were able to work at Louis Vuitton, which is awesome. I'm sure that was an amazing (laughs) experience. Um, We're living the high life for a while. You made a lot of um, money. Um, We're 
working as a professor as well. And now you're an internationally, you know, renowned speaker um, and very popular in that sense. Um, but I'd love to know and understand more about this topic that you speak about, um, okay. which to me was the biggest standout when I, when, I, when I researched you and found you was just you talk about connecting humans, human connection. Um, and I want to know what that's, what that's all about. What does that mean? What does that constitute? Um, you know, what are you talking about on stage that really stems from building connection? It has, every, everything that I do has boiled down to one word, and it's the devotion. Devotion is, for, for me, it's the passion, courage, and curiosity to stand up for and stay true for who you are, what you want to do, or what you're doing, and for those around you. And for me, when I've looked back, and I've looked back, and I've been, you know, been going through my own coaching sessions and asked for help and all this, and I, I'm realizing that the one thing that comes from my pain as much as the desire is that connection of being part of something you see how i've been telling you that through my entire childhood i didn't feel part of anything i was told that i didn't fit in i was nothing i was nobody and everything because of what my skin color i didn't speak spanish i didn't have a swag i wasn't acting like i don't know what and i'm like that's that's not human that's that's fabricated this is we looking at something so superficial it has nothing to do with how we actually connect and then when i realized this thing of my mother and i realized that everything's actually grounded so deep as the connection to the relationship to who we are from i'm realizing that connecting humans for me is always about building these trusting relationships with ourselves and with others. Hey there, just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for tuning into this episode of the podcast. It really does mean a lot to me. If you are enjoying what you hear, I would really appreciate it if you could head on over to iTunes for a quick minute, leave a five-star review, and tell us what you like about the show. We want this Plus for Success message to catch fire, and the only way that is possible is with your help and support. Thanks again for tuning in. Now let's get back to the show. On your best night, on your best talk, or your most, um, you know, popular, uh, you know, speaking engagement, can you run me through? Obviously, um, you don't need to give your entire presentation, but can you run <laughs> me through what that looks like? What What's the process you take your audience through in that message? Um, okay, so I can, the uh, little thing is, I can, I can use it with you right now. So, for instance, I could go like this. Have you ever made someone disappointed? Yes. Have you ever felt sad? Yes. Have you ever made someone happy? Yes, yes. <laughs> have you I ever made so. someone, I hope have so. you made, <laughs> I hope so too, but I bet you have. Have you ever made someone else cry? Uh, also, yes, unfortunately. Yeah. So here you go. Perfection and bulletproof, you know, emotional bulletproof doesn't exist in the human experience. You have all done these things. I don't care what age you are, where you're from, where you're working in right now, but you have, as you just said it, you have experienced all of this. And I can promise you that you will experience all of this again. You can't 
try to not have it because you're human. In our human life, we would have all these emotions, we have experienced them. So the point here is obviously not to try not to have them or to, you know, these things that live a fearless life, never do any mistakes. Everything we're gonna do is perfection. That's not allowing for creation, innovation, for people to come together and connect. When we are, when we are using fear or separation as like a management style or as a style we're living at, like you got 10K followers, I got 5K, that means I'm not good enough. I'm not as good as you are. If we're using that type of comparison, where will we go? Can we create a brighter future for our humanity this way? And now you can even kind of hear on me right now when I'm not really using a speech, but I'm using a components of them, that I'm being fired up. <laughs> I can. <laughs> I, can t- I can sense that in your voice for sure. And that's what I'm speaking about. So this is the thing. I'm, t- I'm taking you often on a... I'm starting with a brutally honest journey of yourself where you have to sit there and reflect on being, yeah, I mean, he's right. I have been making people laugh and I've been making people cry. Me, myself, I've been laughing, I've been crying. I've been feeling really bad some days and I've been feeling on top of the world some days. Mm-hmm. So like, let's talk about the real deal here. How can we be having perhaps more of the good bits and a little bit less of the bad bits, but not just saying that we can't have the bad bits. And that's my message of connecting humans, meaning if we connect with the human beyond the job titles, the social media profiles, the business cards, the university names, if we are referring to our values, our stories, which I'm using a lot in my speech as well, then we really get to know one another. And we can, you know, once we get to know someone, we might actually like that person. And if we like that person, we have most probably down, down the road, more or less, say, okay, I can trust you. And I use that as stage often too. I tell my story in about three minutes. Mm-hmm. And I ask people, of, okay, how much do you like me now? Can you tell me if you like me now better than three minutes ago? That's just like a little test to say, tell your story. And in about three to five minutes, I can promise you, people will connect more with you. And when they do, they will probably like you. And they can also even go into this mode of saying, oh, I trust this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's, it's so interesting what can happen when you start actually sharing your honest and transparent story. Um, you know, I posted on LinkedIn yesterday, or I commented on a post about my experience with bullying and burnout and, you know, how I was able to overcome that. And I was shocked at the amount of, um, you know, response that there was and positive response that there was. So, you know, stories, individual stories are truly something that, that everyone needs to be special about, or sorry, not special, about. everyone needs to um, kind of embrace and feel that special because that's your individual unique experience right and no one else can take that from you i feel like that's the one thing that you know no one can take from you is your experience your story your life um because it's so individual and so um you know different and definitely and you can even say look back at remember what you told me in the beginning you read my story that's why you wanted to have this call with me 
And yeah, I could have told you that I was a, I don't know, storytelling expert with 15 years of life coaching experience and 20, I don't know, whatever, you know, I'm just using this kind of titles and, and glamorous things that I see on all these LinkedIn profiles. And I'm hearing it when people are introducing themselves at conferences, they are introducing themselves just having a dinner. And it's always this kind of, well, I'm going to put my worth in that I have a university degree and I'm a XYZ job title for a cool company. But that's not what's going to say that you as a person actually is anyone I want to connect with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like the connecting humans, I thought is just, was just a great place to start, you know, and a great place, a great message to share. And that's what appealed um, to me so much. And I think you mentioned, um, you know, brutal honesty, like being brutally honest with yourself about, um, you know, what's good and what's bad. Can you give me, um, you know, a time that, or, you know, throughout your life, what was the most brutal, brutally honest moment for yourself? You know, what, at what point did you have to kind of face a reality, um, about yourself and you know how did that how did you get over that okay i i have two moments in my life and uh, the one was when my girlfriend who i had been together with for four years and traveled between belgium usa and china and been living and working there um you know we broke up and she really gave me that message of eric i need a break that was the first like slap in my face saying, Eric, what on earth are you doing? Really? What's ma- what matters for you here? And I remember how I was, when I was in London at that time and I was just, you know what? Screw my career. I can get a great job in Berlin too, where she was living at. I got to do something here to, to just show to myself, but also to her what decision it is that I have to make. But I also have to look at myself because I realized there that the reason why she wants to have this break, the reason why it's not really working and flowing right now, it is because I'm living in a, I'm, I'm scared. I'm, I, I've been, I had sent her literally a email saying like, why are you with me? After four years together, I did not trust that I was good enough to be her boyfriend. She sent me back an A4 with like an A4 sheet outlining why she wanted to be with me. This was how scared I actually was for myself. I didn't believe in me. So obviously I realized at that point, like, yeah, no wonders that she didn't like want to stay in that relationship. No wonders why I was, you know, doing stupid things to control her, me, the relationship to feel that I was, you know, I was spending money on things that did not have to matter at all. These, these things. So that was the first time when I realized that brutally honesty can be very good once in a while in our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, brutally honest moments um, definitely make us better people. Um, 
and you know i had a very similar experience um and i feel it's like the the girlfriend when that happens when that breakup happens there's always a sense of realization and reflection of where did i go wrong and where did i where can i improve to make sure this doesn't you know happen again um yeah. so th- that's brutal honesty is one thing that that i respect that you're able to have um and you know share that message with other people too um so you know going into kind of the more tactical stuff um Mm -hmm. of how people can um you know really a few things so one i think you've been able to make your life extremely epic um you've done epic things now you're a great uh speaker um you do you know dance uh you dance on in st- on stages in front of you know big audiences um you worked at big brands like louis vuitton um hotel chains um you know you've done some crazy things how how does one make life more epic for them mm-hmm. thanks for asking that and i was asked that i think in another podcast not long ago and i i did realizing the answer is for me so simple you do what you're excited about you do what excites you that feeling that intuition and that feeling those emotions will drive your decision making the right direction but if you're sticking to what makes logically sense rationalizing things you know those times when you're sitting at home or you're about to buy something something that i mean i bought a uh, a new stand for my phone the other day. Like, and I'm finding myself even still sometimes in those moments where you want to read every review. You want to see if there's, there might be something else for a cheaper price. You want to see if there's another color. You want to make sure, right? You yeah. really analyze the heck out of the thing. And, yeah. But you already know. You already knew the first time you saw it. It can be anything. So when you go out shopping, you see that shirt and you go like, oh, oh, no, wait. I need, to, I, need to find, I need to think about 15 other shirts. I need to see them first. But it's, it's such a simple example. As in, this applies to so many things in life. We know when we see a person, when an opportunity is being presented for, its, for ourselves, it's often giving us a little bit of a... Uh, if you see that it's not going to be super comfortable, but the excitement is there. That yeah. feeling, that intuition of going like, oh, I would love to do that. It's there. Yeah. But you don't do it because you're trying to analyze it, rationalize it. And uh, that's what I'm saying. Do follow that excitement. Do what's exciting for you. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that a lot of the time when you're so excited about something, it's what you mentioned, like, there's a side of feeling uncomfortable. You know, there's a side that, oh, if I dive into this, you know, maybe I'm not going to be so good at it, or, you know, I'm not really meant for this, you know, so on and so forth. Um, Or the big question, how is it going to end out? Like, how will I really make it happen? And that those questions are just like, put them in the trash bin flush them in the toilet they are not going to be able to be answered you can't answer them until you get diving into it mm-hmm. sure and then the like another thing that um i wanted to ask you've you know you've been through so many challenges and and overcome like at one point you were even sleeping on a friend's couch um you know feeling alone after achieving so much success and wealth and i'd say 
that was a time in your life where you were going through a bit of a funk. Um, you know, how does one, how does one, uh, first of all, how did you get out of that funk? And then how does, how do other people get out of funk that they're in where they're feeling, you know, completely demotivated, um, you know, feel like they don't really have a purpose. How do you get out of something like that? Okay. That story that you read, that was many years ago, but I had a story last year where I'm in my second year of, you know, having my own business, doing what I'm doing, but I seeing my cash flow, cash flow is just going rock bottom. I have a new clients down the road. They will be, they will be coming payments, but at this very moment, cash flow is zero and I still have to live. I still have to pay bills and I'm, now I'm in this little room here in Barcelona and I'm talking to my people, my friends, to my family. And they are saying like, yeah, maybe you should take a part-time job. Maybe you should give this a pause, you know, maybe you should do this. You, you, might, you maybe have to do this. And I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, they're probably right. I'm really down right now. I'm further down than I was when I was on the sofa. And um, then there's one friend, Essie. And I love her for this. She, uh, she looks at me, I remember. And she just goes, and she goes, Eric, you already have a job. Do your job. <laughs> and that is what I'm going to tell you how I did it and what I would like other people to do it. I started to take action. I was just like brutally, just like, okay, I'm going to invite people to free uh, workshops. I will ask them for five euros at the end as a kind of, you know, donation. I will do my absolute best. I, I started to read even more books on, okay, how do I further myself in these situations? Um, I reached out to people. I was 100% vulnerable and honest and reached out and asked them, can I offer you this? Because I'm in this situation right now. Could I offer you this? And in return, could you introduce me to someone? Could you um, pay me, say, 100 euros for this? And when I was that honest, and I was taking action and I was offering people value. I was offering them help. I didn't just tell them, please help me give me money. Please help me get me out of this. No, I was doing, I was showing them that I was doing something here. It turned in four months. And at the end of the year, I was more profitable, if we were talking that way. And I was definitely feeling much more content and alive than I did before. Than I was ever even expecting. And... As a tip for anyone out there who's feeling a little bit of a funk or a big funk, focusing on what action can you do right now, even if that action means asking somebody for help, or if that action means I will tell someone what's really going on with my life right now, then do that. But if you're staying at home, trying to YouTube things, where we are sitting on social media and just scrolling posts, or um, if we're sitting there trying to just do more content, pushing that out there, that's not the solution. We're gonna have to make something. We're gonna have to do something. And then at the end of the time, a guy like you might call you up and say, "Hey, can you tell me a story on the podcast?" I love that tip because it's actually something that I just came to the realization of very recently you know looking up so many youtube videos on you know doing a podcast properly the equipment this that and oh. then eventually i was like wait just start just do it and then you know everything will happen as they should slowly over time yeah i have i became known from 2017 
I didn't plan this at all, but I became known for saying often to people, just start. And they started telling me that I was the just start guy. And uh, Brian Almeida, he's a really cool guy. And he has been really like, yeah, we got to do a program on this. We're going to have to just inspire people, just start. And really, when it came to it, I realized it's also as simple as do what you're excited, just start. I love that. And, and I'm always going to love that um, mentality. Um, Eric, it's, it's been a great one. I've really enjoyed uh, talking with you. To cap it off, you know, at this point in time, just how we started the episode asking, you know, what makes you feel blessed at this point in time? Um, what are the things that um, you define as success? And um, what will success mean to you moving forward? Definitely feeling connected to myself, having health, a healthy life, like where I can wake up and with myself just have clarity on who am I, what am I doing, who am I surrounding myself with for what reason. With that in mind, I know that I can be in a jungle with say my best friend and we are in a tent and it's raining and I would say I'm so successful I'm so happy or I could be I don't know in a skyscraper in New York but as long as I'm with these people and I'm being content with why I am doing what I'm doing and feeling healthy and that, I think that's the word I really would like to say to people feeling healthy and being proud of who you are that's for me success. I love that, Eric. Thank you um, so, so much for a great episode. I think um, there are a lot of great nuggets in there and your story is truly something that's inspirational and I hope it continues to inspire, inspire others. Where can people find you? Um, how can they connect, get connected? I would love people to send me a connection on LinkedIn and even just tell me, hey, I like this bit on the, on the podcast or ask me a question about something I said there. Or even if there's something that they disagree with, Send me that too, but LinkedIn, number one platform that you can find me on. I'm on Instagram as well or Facebook, but really try to, try to get to me on LinkedIn. Awesome. And I'll share those links with the rest of the audience. You heard them, uh, Bless Nation. Make sure you send them a message about what you liked um, from the show or anything that kind of stood out to you that you wanted to discuss with him. Um, Eric, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was an absolute uh, pleasure and I had a great time. Thank you so much. I loved it.